This is episode 10. Focus on the process, not the result. We are citizens of God's kingdom currently living in man's world. We are ambassadors to Babylon. I am your host, Jason Small. Thanks for listening. I'm recording this on the seventh day of 2023, fresh into the new year. We've all heard it. New year, new me. I'm going to crush my goals. I have to set smart goals. I'm going to take cold showers this year. I'm taking 20,000 steps a day. I'm going to read the Bible in a year. I'm going to lose 45 pounds, etc., etc. We've all heard it. Most of us have all set it or set us some goals before. Data tells us most of us haven't hit those goals. It is good to set goals. Don't get me wrong. Those are good. The start of the year, I love the start of the new year. It's a refreshing time to evaluate our lives and set some goals. For this year, I want to challenge you. I have challenged myself. Instead of focusing on the end result, instead of being in a rush to hit the final number, the final thing, finish the Bible, lose the pounds, I want us to focus on the process. I want us to focus on the habits and the daily rituals that will help us get to those goals. On the first, last Sunday, my pastor shared an excellent New Year's message. I have chewed on it for the past week, and now I'm going to share some of it with you. I will leave a link in the show notes to the sermon. My pastor, Pastor Chris Felbeck at Mount Pleasant Christian Church, is a wonderful pastor, even better dude, and I can't do his preaching justice. So I'll leave it in the notes and give you an opportunity to listen to it. He shared a very practical message on the for the first day of the new year for the, all of us on how we can not necessarily set goals, but how we should think about goals and how it reflects in our lives. During that sermon on the first, Pastor Chris shared three main points for the new year for goal setting or personal development. Point number one is we have to plan. Step number two is we have to sow. Step number three is we have to trust. Point number one, plan. I'm reading from Galatians 6 verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. That's from the NLT version. Unless I say differently, any Bible scripture I read is always from the NLT. So that's from the NLT. You've got things you want to accomplish. You've created a plan. Have you created a plan to hit those accomplishments? A goal without a plan is merely a wish. As an example, let's hope all of us who are husbands have a goal of becoming better husbands this year. Right? Hopefully, we've all said that. Even if we're an awesome husband, hopefully we're trying to be an awesomer husband. I want to be a better husband to my wife, Whitney. What's my plan? How am I going to accomplish it? What are the practical steps I will take in the days, hours, minutes so that I'm a better husband to my wife? As we think about our plans, another thing to think about. What do you actually want most out of life? What are your goals? If your goals don't reflect the heart of God, you need to examine where these goals are coming from. I'm going to take us on a scenic journey here. Bear with me, but we'll get there. Starting in Psalms 37, and I'm specifically going to talk about verses 4 and 5. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Well, that's awesome. That's a really encouraging word to hear. That if I will give my heart's desires, if I commit everything to the Lord, trust him, and he will help me. Again, God will give me the desires of my heart. That's a promise from the Bible. If I commit everything to him, trust him, and he will actually help me. That's amazing. That's incredible. I got it. So now I'm going to fast forward 
to the New Testament, Romans 8, specifically verses 5 through 8. I would encourage you to read all of Romans 8 just for some broader context, but you'll get the gist of it from these four verses. Starting in Romans 5, or I'm sorry, Romans 8 verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So, to sum it up, the Jason Cliff Notes version, if your goals and desires aren't aligned with God's, because you aren't being controlled by the Spirit, capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the day grave, your sinful nature and mine are leading you to death. That's a scary thing to think about. Check your goals for this year. No, no. Take a minute. Check them. Go over them in your brain. I'll give you give you a couple seconds. What's the motivation for those goals? Are your goals serving you or are your goals serving and glorifying God? Those are the options we've got. If our, go- our goals are either serving and glorifying self, the sinful nature, or they're serving and glorifying God. Be honest with yourself. What's your goals for this year looking like? On to point number two. So, we're going to go back to Galatians 6, verse 7. Or you can also check out 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. This time, I'm going to read the NIV. Very short and to the point. A man reaps what he sows. How's that? This is easy to cover. You reap what you sow. So, what are you sowing in life? What kind of seeds are you planting? What are your daily habits? What are they aiming you towards? Do you want to become closer to God this year? Good. What are you doing on a daily basis to get you there? Are you spending daily time in prayer and reading of his word? Are you going to church weekly? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Those are the things you need to sow in order to achieve the goal of becoming closer to God. Trying to lose weight? Again, good. What are you doing? Are you tracking your food consumption? Are you working out? How do you ensure you're in a daily caloric deficit if your goal is to lose weight? What are you doing? What are your daily habits? Trying to be closer to your wife. Outstanding. Do you make it a point to spend time with her daily? Are you still looking at the hot chicks on Instagram? Or even getting into full-fledged pornography on a consistent basis or at all? Are you reading the Bible for wisdom on marriage? Those are questions you got to ask yourself. If you are spending more time on the internets looking at other chicks and you are spending time with your wife and looking at her... You're probably not going to get closer to your wife this year. It's just not going to happen. That's not how it works. You can set all the goals you want. Your goals, honestly, don't really matter. What matters is what you are doing on a weekly, daily, hourly, and minute basis. We are what we be. We are what we consistently do. That's who what we become is what we consistently do. What you do when no one is watching is who you truly are. Go back and read Romans 8. Your daily thoughts and actions will reveal who you are as a person. Align your goals correctly and then sow the seeds to get to those goals. I just can't become a pilot because I want to be a pilot. I have to go through the training, the hours. I have to follow the steps to get there. As with most things, there are steps, there's a process, there are habits we have to do, form, and create to get most things. Point number three, trust. Trust that the harvest will come. Trust that God's promises are true. If 
Your life is controlled by the Spirit. If your heart's desires are a reflection of God's heart, if you sow the correct seeds to achieve those desires, trust that God will do what he says he will. I have zero doubt that if your uh, if your life is fully controlled by the Holy Spirit, therefore your heart's desires are an accurate reflection of God's heart, and you do the things you need to do, the behaviors, the habits, God will give you that. I have zero doubt because the Bible says that's true. Final reminder here, and this is an extremely powerful one that sometimes we overlook. Good things will wear you out. Take a minute, pause, take a deep breath, there is relief in acknowledging that truth. Doing good will absolutely wear you out and exhaust you. Take a look at Galatians 6 verse 9. This time I'm reading from the ESV. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Paul reminds us in other places not to grow tired of doing good. There has to be a reason that that message is repeated in the New Testament. Anytime a message is repeated, throughout the Bible. It should make our ears perk up, our heads tilt sideways like a puppy dog, and really pay attention. I've been a foster parent for what will be five years in April, and it is exhausting at times. Completely exhausting. Being a foster parent is a great thing. And a lot of times when we do good and great things, we think that it should be just always constant energy, po- constant positivity, constantly refreshing. Those of us that do good no, that is not the case. Ask any pastor who's worth his salt and who's been in ministry for any amount of time if people are exhausting, if they need breaks. That's why sabbaticals exist. Yes, doing good, whether it's full-time ministry, whether it's serving consistently down at the local homeless shelter, whether it's being a social worker, whether it's, whatever it is, doing good wears you out. It's really tiring. I've included in the show notes a great article from Desiring God on how to conquer the weariness of doing good. Because if you're doing good, I promise you're going to become exhausted from it. Even being a good parent is exhausting. It is a lot easier just to let your kids act a fool sometimes than it is to correct them and discipline them, especially when it's the 11th, the 12th, the 15th, 19th, 422nd time you've tried to teach your child the said discipline. Sometimes it's easier just to let them go, but that doesn't make it the right thing to do. Doing good will exhaust you. Our call to action for this week, we are what we sow. We reap what we sow. What are you sowing right now? What are you sowing in your life? What can you do to expect to reap? Look at your days this week and see what your habits are. Write them down. Record them. I would love to for people to share them with me. And also your behaviors. Then if you're logical, connect what you're sowing and see what you would reap from what you're currently sowing. If you're happy with what you're sowing and what the harvest will be, that is fantastic. I'm proud of you. Keep doing that. Keep your uh, life plugged into prayer. Keep it plugged into God's word. Because undoubtedly, if you're happy with what you look at, that's a big reason why. If you aren't happy, change it. Change it. And the steps to changing it are praying. If you have unrepentant sin, confess it to God. If you need to confess it to a human, do that as well. There's power in that. Spend time in God's word, studying his Bible every day. Spend time in prayer every day. That is one of my focuses for this year is becoming better in my prayer life. And attend church consistently, weekly. If you're not happy with what you're sowing, do those steps and you'll become your desires of your heart will change and therefore what you're sowing will change and ultimately what you reap will change join me on social media my twitter is ambs underscore to babylon ambs underscore to babylon facebook is real simple 
ambassadors to Babylon, ambassadors to Babylon. My email is ambassadors to Babylon at gmail.com. Again, I say ambassadors to Babylon at gmail.com. Now go be doers of the word. <laughs>